Welcome to the Graphic Audio Behind the Mic podcast. These podcasts will feature author interviews and behind-the-scenes interviews with our cast, directors, and crew. Today's podcast features director Scott McCormick's interview with author R.S. Belcher, creator of the Golgotha series, a new supernatural western series that we now produce in Graphic Audio. Hello, Graphic Audio listeners. This is uh, director, actor, and adapter Scott McCormick. And today I am here with the author of a new series in graphic audio, Golgotha, and that author is R.S. Belcher. Rod, how are you doing today? Hi, Scott. How are you doing? Very very well today. Thank you. I'm glad. Um, <laughs> you're actually quite close to us. You're in, in Roanoke, right? So you're probably having yeah. the same nice weather we're having today. Yes, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Good. And uh, my uh, daughter is home. She has... Uh, been away for a little while and she's back so it's nice to have all my kids at home fantastic so it's, been a, it's been a very good day good well i this is a new series for graphic audio but i have to be honest um we are known for our westerns but this is a western plus and if, if i'm going <laughs> to be honest with our with our, with our uh, regular fans i was wondering if you could give us a quick overview of the first book six gun tarot um i'd be happy to um Actually, I'm a very big fan of Westerns. I have been since I was a kid. And uh, uh, I'm also a, a, a fairly uh, well-versed geek. <laughs> I, I enjoy science fiction, fantasy, and comics, and all that stuff, and have also done all that since I was a kid. I was a kid. Um, so I wanted to do kind of a, a, what they call a weird Western. Um, I didn't even know there was really was a genre called weird Western. Um, I was just writing Dick's Gun. Uh, and and sort of kind of charting it as I as I went along. Six Gunchero is a novel about a uh, mythological town called Golgotha or Golgotha, um, which uh, gets its name from the Bible. Um, the Mormons, when they were traveling through uh, the West, uh, tended to name their towns after you know, biblical places, biblical events, um, and Golgotha is the uh, place of suffering where, where Christ was crucified. So it's a charming little name for a town. Uh, and um, one of my favorite, ex- <laughs> one of my favorite things at the beginning of the book is the signs that say, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, heaven, uh, 80 miles, uh, perdition, 10 miles. Yeah. It's like, rede- yeah, it's like redemption, perdition and, yeah. and Golgotha. <laughs> yeah. It, it, and the weird thing is, there's really towns with names like that. So, um, uh, basically Golgotha sets on the edge of a very real, uh, place which was a forty mile desert, right. uh, which was one of the tra- uh, one of the trails you would take to uh, get out west, um, and um, it's actually uh, part of the trail that the daughter party uh, took, which right. uh, it, uh, actually features uh, in the second book. Um, but in the first book, in Six Gun, um, we're introduced to the town through the eyes of a young man named uh, Jim Negri, and Jim comes from West Virginia. Um, he's on the run, and uh, as the book unfolds, you find out a little bit more about why Jim is on the run. Uh, and Jim is is the reader's kind of gateway character. Um, you you get to know Jim, uh, and as Jim enters Golgotha, you get to kind of see the, see it through his eyes, and then you meet all these other characters. And and one of the things I tried to do in, in Six Gun was I. I didn't want to really have a main character. I wanted to have it be sort of an ensemble. So 
once you're in the town and you start meeting these other people, the book really does kind of go off in a lot of different directions. You you uh, you stick you, you know you see what happens with Jim and Jim is one of the main characters in the book, but you also meet um, the deputy uh, in right. the town, uh, Sheriff Steffi uh, Mutt, who is uh, Native American, mm-hmm. and um, he has had a pretty rough life. Um, he's pretty much an outcast among his own people. He's an outcast among white society. Um, his only real friend is, well, he, he, he befriends Jim and they become pretty tight. Um, and then there's, uh, his, his best friend, which is, uh, John Highfather. And John Highfather is the, um, sheriff in Golgotha. And, uh, he has a, 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 one of the goals of my, when I was writing the book was I wanted everyone to have kind of a weird background. Everyone you succeeded. You succeeded have, in yeah. a big way. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted it to be so like Twin Peaks or Peyton. It was kind of Twin Peaks and Peyton Place kind of thrown together, uh, mashed up a little. Um, everybody has a secret. Everybody has some weirdness to you about them. Um, and as you read along, you kind of discover that this is one of the properties of the town is that it, it tends to attract sort of the best and worst kind of people. And, and um, uh, John Highfather uh, has uh, noose marks around his neck, so uh, he comes off as uh, there, there's, he has a reputation as being a walking dead man. He has right. like three sets of noose marks, um, burns, rope burns on his neck, um, and and it just kind of rolls out from there. You you meet uh, several other folks in the in the course of uh, Jim coming to town, and uh, you begin to uh, realize that there is this, this sort of uh, supernatural threat to not just the town, but it is centered around the town, but, but pretty much to, to creation, to, to everything. And um, uh, one of my big uh, goals and one of my big inspirations was H.P. Lovecraft. I, I'm a big fan of a lot of the, the Lovecraft work and uh, read it a lot when I was a kid and teenager. And uh, I wanted to do kind of like a H.P. Lovecraft. <laughs> if H.P. Lovecraft had kind of like run into Zane Gray on a train. Uh, they could have, like, you know, come up with a story. So um, it has a lot of, of supernatural horror elements. Um, the wonderful folks at Tor, uh, when, when they uh, published the book, um, wanted to uh, market it as a uh, historical fantasy. And I had really kind of written it as a horror story. So it has some pretty horrific elements in it. I, it is, it's, uh, and apparently it's just become something of a trademark for me. I just, apparently all the books are kind of, you know, like that, but, um, I do try to, uh, balance the kind of the horrific stuff with some miraculous stuff too. I like to, like to try to put some stuff in there that, you know, is sort of affirming and, and life affirming. Cause you know, my experience has been life is it kind of, it's not really, it's not all horrible and dark and it's not all, beautiful and bright it's it's a wonderful combination of the two and you never really know um you know what what this day is going to bring you it's going to bring usually a little bit of both so um but uh the the story uh and and it's unfortunate because i can't really i don't want to i don't want to spoil it for anybody but uh it's basically uh a story of these these folks in this town who all have their secrets all have you know, damage in some way or another. Um, and I think you're right. And, I think I think it's one of those those books that you need to dive into. I mean, the the way I've been describing it to people is as a gothic western. 
with elements yeah. with elements of, of, of gothic horror mixed in with very true archetypes of what the Old West is. You have your sheriff, which you have to have in your book, but your sheriff is right. a sheriff who has had that past. I mean, you talked about you know him having been hung three times. It, it, right. and, and, and he it gets to explore those things. And that's that's one of the things I love about your book. And it, it, uh, in this day and age of episodic television, where you get to have the backstories of these characters develop over time, the thing that I think a lot of, of, of uh, modern books are lacking in, in the fact that you have a novel which gives you the opportunity to lay out these people's past. And yeah. I find that to be the most fascinating thing about your book is just the structure of it, the way you talk about Jim coming to the town from West Virginia and Jim having a secret. And you think Jim's secret is pretty normal, and then you start to peel away the layers. And you do a fascinating <laughs> job of showing that. Um, uh, and I, you know, I really wanted the the, the character. I, I think it's more of a character book than um, there is a plot, but the plot is, you know, and, and I'm, I'm pretty happy with the plot. But I mean, I know it's it's sort of I don't think it's been done, but it's it has been done. You know, it's, there's not really a plot out there that hasn't been done. But it's a it's a kind of a good versus evil, saving the world kind of thing. But I think what really made it so much fun to write was was creating the characters and giving them giving their stories. And um, you're mentioning the sheriff. I wanted to take as many of the kind of the cliches from a Western mm-hmm. that you see and flip them as, as much as I could. So, um, which was just a lot of fun to do. It, it was very enjoyable. And it let me bring in some kind of characters that you would not normally probably see in a traditional Western. Um, <laughs> that's kind of an understatement probably, but, um, you know, I, the, the, the mayor's story, Harry Pratt, the mayor is an interesting story. And, um, Harry actually in the first draft was was a fairly you know minor character, but as I started to kind of work on his backstory, he got more and more interesting to me. Same thing with uh, with Maud Stapleton, who right. uh, is a I think a pretty cool character. I get a lot of good feedback from people about Maud, and um, well, and, uh, we can, and we can talk so, about it. And we we teased out yeah. that Maud is a, a you know the the descendant of a, a, a lineage of female assassins and pirates. And here yeah. she is as the banker's wife, and she sort of has, you know, and it's it's interesting because if if in a typical western, this would have been the you know the the old gunslinger who's decided to retire to a, a to to a quieter right. life and and would be called Shame to arms, or something like that, yeah, to be would be called yeah. to arms. But in this case, it's the banker's wife who's who's sort of like got this secret, and she is you know an, an assassin and has these skills that. Yeah. You know, she's let herself get soft with, but you know, with yeah. this threat, she has to come back and, and sort of defend what's important to her, her family, and her, and her, right. her especially her daughter. So, uh, I, I, and, I, and I wanted, oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, and I, and I think that that that's the kind of you know, I don't want to give too much away. I mean, the the surprise with some of these characters, you know, you talk about Harry. Harry is just a tragic figure, and Harry is one yeah. of those ones that really taps into. Um, you know the modern sensibility of the of the book that I, I I find to be, you know, so so relevant. I think that that that's that's the thing is, you know, um, we have a quote around here that we keep on the uh, refrigerator magnet that Alan Moore says that no story is just a, a western, no story is just a mystery, no story is just a right. It is all those things, and that's yeah. that's it, what it, it should done. be. I mean, if it, if it's just that thing, 
it is probably something you have read a million times before, and it, it's probably, and you'll know that pretty quick. But most, and almost every story is, if it's a, if it's real and it's about real people, it's not that simple. <laughs> it can be. You know, people are pretty complicated, and um, if you if you can convey that in words, you can create create somebody out of words and and have them be somebody that people um, are are you know care about, concerned about. Um, which blows my mind. It's it said is one of the most satisfying things is when you've got people who really are invested in your characters. And I've had a lot of folks tell me, you know, that, that they literally couldn't put the thing down, put the book, couldn't put the book down at the end because they needed, needed to know how everybody turned out, how okay. everybody was okay and how, how things went. And that's why and, I jumped um, right into book two after I finished the first book. <laughs> Good. Thank you. You're welcome. Awesome. I'm, I'm, kind, I'm kind of bitter that I didn't get to jump right into three, to be honest with you, but I know books take time. We have that um, problem with um, our books all the time. I can I can tell you you know my I can look at my crystal ball and tell you what I think's coming for. Well, we'll t- we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, the one thing I wanted to do is just let our listeners because I wanted to give you some of my impressions so that they sort of have an idea of some of some of the similar things that this might be. Not that I feel like your book is a copy of it, but these are things that I enjoy. So it reminded me a little bit of the HBO series Carnival. Um, yes. Yes. And I think that that is a is a is a huge compliment. And to be honest with you, one of the greatest. It really dis- is. I, I love that show. It's a very cool show. One of the greatest disappointments in my life is that that that, that did not get to go to its full ser- series. I know. Um, I'm 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 feeling that with Hannibal right now. To be quite honest, because I I really love Hannibal and you and I are the uh, only two watching was, Hannibal. Was so cool. It was really neat. Um, High Plains Drifter is another thing yep, that really actually, comes to mind. Very very big inspiration. Yes. Um, a little-known 1990s cult film, which uh, which uh, was actually based on a Bram Stoker novel, *Lair of the White Worm*. Um, for the for the, Ooh, for the I I have I have read the book. I have not uh, not seen the movie, but I've always wanted to. The movie but, um, is a treat. I'll just say that <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's one of those bad movies that everyone who sees it just you either love it or you hate it, and I fall into the love category. Perfect. Um, <laughs> I love uh, just to just to to give some other little you know things that I feel like have influenced. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. Of, there's a there's some you know um, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein in the DNA. There's definitely yeah. some elements of Lost just in the story structure, which I which I I also enjoy, and just in general, oh, um, you know, I mean, I mean, you you know, you you throw in you know pretty much. Everything that that you talked about being a geek, and obviously to to do the job I do, I have sink. to be. Yeah. I have to be a geek too, and so oh, awesome. Cool. So for me and for a lot of our listeners, this is the kind of stuff we we just dig on. So I just wanted people to know that you know, I think that this has an appeal for our Western fans. It has an appeal for our steampunk fans. It has an appeal for our urban fantasy fans. I just think that this book is one of those books that just defies the genre label that we put on it. And you've done such a fantastic job. And your characters, are, I mean, I, I keep coming back to that. You know, I, I uh, the the difference between graphic audio and your regular audio book is that we have a full cast of actors who are able to come in here and do the voices of the different characters. And they get to come to life instead of just having one person read it. And the opportunity for me to cast this with some of my favorite actors that we have here at Graphic Audio, um, you know, it. <laughs> I love the fact that that I can give something meaty to all of my friends to do something, and every one of your That's characters right. has meat on them. 
So uh, thank you. I, you know, and I am very excited. I'm very excited to hear. Uh, you know, it's it blows my mind. You know, this is my first novel, my first novel, my right. first book, and um, and it is. You know, I did kind of throw the kitchen sink into it a little bit because I I was not certain if there would ever be a second novel. To be honest with you, I, I you know, I, and at the time I was like, who on earth is going to buy this thing? <laughs> Um, but I, but I was very fortunate. I came along apparently at a, at a very fortuitous time for for this uh, kind of book. And yeah, I you know I really did want the characters to be as as real as they can be because I know when I'm reading a book that can be something that can really knock me out of it. Is uh, and sometimes you know and this is the really fun part of writing is when your characters decide they're going to do things their way, mm. not your way. And that's a that is a real it's magic it's it's really a kind of magic it's it, it's amazing to have that happen and because you know you're being true to to the core of this 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 imaginary person exactly. your imaginary friend so <laughs> um, uh, I really and thank you so much for for all the the kind words because I'm really glad you enjoyed the book and I, I really that makes me very happy whenever I hear anyone you know I know it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea but I really do think it's going to if if you're if you are of our tribe and you uh, and you like uh, uh, if you like a good western, uh, I've had some friends who their their dads have read them and they're more like down the Zane Gray, uh, oh, McMurtry kind of uh, kind of western guys. Um, they've enjoyed it and had nice things to say about it. If I you, uh, if I you, described you know, it to my dark dad. Tower, yeah. I oh, described it like, to my he, dad, and he's uh, he's he's chomping at the bit to hear it. He's just he's just oh, looking awesome. forward to this one. But yeah, Dark Tower. I am too. I'm 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 very looking forward to it. And yeah, I read the first Dark Tower book many years ago. I never read the whole series, and I I want to because I've had a lot of folks mention Dark Tower in relation to to the Golgotha books, and um and I'm and I'm a big fan of Stephen King. I think you know Stephen even a, even a Stephen King book you're not that thrilled about. By the time you're you're getting to the point where you realize you're not thrilled about it, you're done with it. So it's like just good. I mean, he's he's a great storyteller. Um. And, that's, and uh, I, that's something you have I, in common I, with him is you have you you. He is a world builder, and you've built a world here, and that's 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 a that's a that's an extremely hard thing to do, you know. You, uh, I think it's very kind of you to say. Thank, I I really enjoy I really enjoy building this world, and it, and um, you know, it's really neat. Like I had a little scrap of paper that I used to draw a map of the town, so I could keep track of streets and mm-hmm. where things were. So that when I'm describing where someone's going, I can kind of tell the reader, you know, they, they turned left here and right here and that sort of thing. And um, uh, in the second book, um, they actually uh, drew the map out. I had like a real artist <laughs> instead of my little stick figure map. They drew a real map. And uh, it is very gratifying to see this, this, this fictional world that you've created made into, a, into something real and, and you know have something in the have, have a concrete reality have a substance to it and that's and it's, it's very satisfying and it's a lot of fun. one of the nicest compliments I think I've heard is I had one uh, reviewer compare it to um, to Frank Herbert's Dune mm. in the world building and that's a amazingly complex you know complex world a whole new vocabulary you know just and, and just a, a very you know just luscious world he, he, he you know built this amazing you know, universe, and then has had so many people kind of build on that. So, thank you. That's that's very very kind of you to say, and and I appreciate that a whole lot. 
The, the, now that you mentioned Shotgun Arcana, which is book number two, which we will be doing next year, um, maybe you can tease out a little bit of that. And the one thing I was going to say, that the great thing about the way you, you – I mean, you talked about you felt like you put the kitchen sink into the first book, but you don't mm-hmm. rest on your laurels. And that's one of the things. You take – like you take the character Maud, who we talked about, who's who's got from this lineage of assassins. You've expanded that you know, in in book two to include a whole world of people we didn't know were out there, you know? Uh, You bring in new characters into book two, but they're characters that reinforce what we knew about the characters. One of the characters we haven't talked about is Malachi Bick, who I... I, I, Yes. I I got kind of selfish, and I took that one on myself. Um, (laughs) Well, you know, Malachi Bick is, you know, he's got his hands in everything. Um, and you know, he's, he's the, he's the man in the, the Western who, you know, the big man in town, he's wealthiest man in town, owns everything. And, uh, Malachi has a pretty dark, uh, dark and, and interesting, uh, backstory, very interesting past, um, that I, I really hope people enjoy, uh, finding out about. Well, he's already my favorite character from the book, and that's kind of why I got selfish. But maybe you can give us okay, <laughs> just just give us a little tease about Shotgun Arcana. Um, I think mm-hmm. um, I think the the description in the uh, on the on the on the dust jacket it does it some justice. But but um, yeah, you know, I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Six Gun Tarot is a dark book, and then Shotgun Arcana is midnight, uh, midnight <laughs> at the bottom of a coal mine. Uh, and you know the funny thing is, I, I well, you know, I like I said, I I think that there's there's plenty of of, of dark and light in in the world. Um, I, it does seem that my my writing so far has gravitated a bit to the dark, but I try to at least have every once in a while a little light poke through. Um, uh, Shotgun takes place about a year after the events of uh, Six Gun Tarot, and Shotgun Arcana. Um, deals with, uh, again, uh, the folks from uh, the town of Golgotha, um, some of the uh, characters that you met in uh, in Six Gun are uh, are here again. And then I tried to bring in uh, some more, because like I said, I had this whole kind of vision of a uh, an ensemble. I, I like the idea that, you know, that, that you have this whole group of characters, and it's really cool to see people, like you said, Malachi is your your favorite character. I always like to hear who people you know, kind of gravitate to, who their mm. who their favorite character is, and um, uh, try to make them so that when I'm writing these folks, that you know anybody uh, who is a, you know a, a fairly significant character in the book, it could be your favorite because they've they've gotten enough, like you said, enough meat on their bones, which is very again very flattering thing to say. Thank you. Um, but uh, Shotgun uh, is you know about a year later. Um, it involves. Um, an old rival of Malachi Bick, you know, the, the wealthiest, perhaps, you know, meanest, certainly most mysterious man in town, uh, coming to town. Um, it, it did have some inspiration from, uh, the man who shot Liberty Valance mm. and, uh, 910 to Yuma. And, um, I, oh, uh, I saw it the other day. I, I, I watched it several times. I watched it again the other day. Um, high noon. Yeah, high noon. High noon. With, uh, yes, and uh, yes, Gary Cooper. Thank you. And I, that's such a good movie. It really is. Um, so it's it's a, about um, uh, this town, which again attracts 
really good people and just despicable people. And um, some very, very despicable people are riding into town. Um, and again, uh, the reason they're coming is to uh, recover an artifact that, uh, if it is let loose in the world, would um, would would be a horrible thing, terrible thing. Uh, madness and, and murder. Uh, yes. Yes, exactly. Two of my favorite words: madness and murder. And um, <laughs> and basically, uh, uh, are are the good the good citizens of uh, Golgotha, the Golgotha Citizens Vigilance Committee, uh, has to uh, kind of uh, get their get their acts together. Uh, and uh, uh, get over their own individual issues and problems. Work together to uh, to try to keep all these bad people from uh, from hurting the people they love and care about, from wrecking the town and and from wrecking the world. And uh, it was an enormous amount of fun to write. Uh, I will be honest; I was nervous as I'll get out writing it because. Uh, as I would tell anybody who would care to listen, you know, I said, I've never written a second of anything. Of hell, I've hardly written a first of anything. Mm. So I, you know, this is my second novel. And, um, uh, but I, I, I will, I will say this, uh, knowing the characters and trying to stay true to the characters and having uh, a wonderful editor and Greg Cox from Tor, uh, to help me, uh, kind of maintain, you know, he was like, he was like my navigator. He, he really helped me a lot with, uh, making sure I, I stayed uh, true to the core of my characters and uh, very thankful to him for that. Um, the plot, I think, in Shotgun is probably a little more twisty-turny than the plot in uh, in Six Ten Tarot, um, partly because you're dealing with a lot more characters in the right. second book. Um, but uh, I, I think that... Uh, uh, I've had a lot of really great feedback from people about about Shotgun, and uh, I'm very excited to get to hear again. Get to hear, especially like some of the some of the bad guys in uh, in Shotgun have very strong voices, and I'm really looking forward to see what you guys do as far as like casting folks for for some of those characters and things uh, well, like that. I have it's to be very interesting. I have to be honest. I dug. I. I... I got a lot of our all stars in 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 Six Gun, and and then I thought yeah. to myself when I got to reading Shotgun Arcana and realized how many bad guys I was going to need, I suddenly went, <laughs> "How deep is my bench?" And then I started to read, <laughs> I started to read the characters, and I, I I have I have very good ideas. I have some people that were already in Six Gun that were were used as some of the smaller towns uh, folk roles mm-hmm. that I'll be able to to bring into the bigger ones. Especially, um, you have two really strong female characters that come in. Um, um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm coming up short on their names right now because I haven't been dealing with uh, them for Emily, uh, Emily uh, Bright. Who is, who the, is um, uh, uh, the the Pinkerton yeah. agent. And then the pirate. Oh, no, no, actually, that's Kate, that's Kate. That's Kate Warren. I'm sorry. I'm, Emily is um, is related to someone in the town. She comes to town yes. and is a, a relation of someone yes. no, no, that's cool and uh, uh actually i to be honest i had forgot about kate but uh kate warren uh who's the pinkerton agent who is a real historical character wow she's actually a real person well we yeah, love doing she, that um, oh yeah she's a um she is a very interesting character I, i'm really surprised that she has not been uh, seen more in fiction um because her life is amazingly uh, it, it's she had an amazing life, and it it ends you know, kind of. There's so much you know, kind of. It, it's a little bit like uh, Anne Bonny, 
Um, right. You know, same same kind of thing is, you know, there's just very very interesting character who, you know, sort of their their final fate is a little in question. So, um, but yeah, you got Kate Warren, and then you have um, uh, Black Rowan, who um, is uh, is also a lot of fun and and kind of a kind of a uh, Barbary Coast uh, character with a background in the Barbary Barbary Coast, right. which uh, she got all the way out in the middle of the desert is you know another. Question. Well, you um, you 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 <laughs> you make her traveling there uh, uh, an interesting part of the story as well. So I'm, I'm <laughs> I, I I I I don't want to ruin too much. Um, I do want to give you a chance to um, if you've got. I know you have another book that's just come out. If you want to if you want to tell mm-hmm. us what that is, it's not in the in the Golgotha series, but I'm, I'm sure you you you. I'm going to get to it as soon as I get through every other five books Thank that you. I have to read this month. But uh, oh no, I, I have a huge pile of books on my my night table, and every night it's like, okay, what what can I read a couple pages of tonight before I before the book hits me in the face? Um, so I understand. Yeah, I understand. Um, the book I have coming out in August uh, of 2015, so not too long at all, mm-hmm. uh, is uh, called Nightwise. It is the first. It's my third book. It's the first one that is not in the Golgotha series. Right. Um, it's set in a different uh, universe, and it's a, um, I guess the the genre term would be urban uh, urban fantasy, but I I really think of it more as like detective fiction with. Uh, it's pretty it. heavy, and, and, and you know one of my one of my big a couple of my big influences was Ben Chandler, Dashiell Hammett, you know, that kind of stuff, and. Right. Uh, Love, love all of it. My favorite movie in the entire world is Casablanca. Um, so I basically Nightwise is, I'm hoping I'm going to be able to do it Nightwise for detective, kind of traditional detective noir, uh, what uh, what I tried to do with Six Gun and Shotgun and hopefully some more books um, mm-hmm. for Westerns. So, um, but yeah, Nightwise comes out in another month, a little bit less than a month, I think. Um and I'm very excited to see how that's received. So far, I've gotten some pretty good initial reviews, Great. and uh, I'm hoping. Uh, and actually, uh, there is a character in Nightwise that um, my agent really loved, and we were able to spin that character out into a fourth book. But it will be out in 2016. Fantastic. So yeah, so I'm I'm really excited about that. Um, I'm I'm really psyched to get back to Golgotha too. I, I was going to say you of, left me on a, you left me on on uh, tenderhooks at the end of that in the book too. <laughs> um, right now, and and this is I'm all. I'm very worried about it's, Augie. I have to be honest. I'm very worried. I know. About Augie. I, you know, uh, Augie, Augie, and I love Augie very much, and I'm worried about Augie. To be honest with you, <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the hardest things to do. I swear, and, and this is what I know that I'm. I'm probably on the right track is when I'm worried about um, in, in, in Six Gun Tarot, there is a character and she has a horrible thing happen to her. Terrible thing happened to her. And I almost could not bring myself to, to have that happen to her um, because I felt bad for the character. I felt sorry for, for the, this little imaginary person I made up. Um, but the plot necessitated that this happened and it was one of those times where I, I just couldn't see. I really tried. I tried to reason another way out of it other than having something happen to her. If it's who and I think I it is, it. you so, couldn't have done it. It needed to happen. Yeah, and it yeah, it did. It's very tragic. It actually um, is a is a kind of a moment of I think cold water in the face for one of the other characters. I and mean, again, we're kind of talking a little cryptic here because we don't want to spoil anything. Right. But you know, basically, um, 
you know, the same kind of thing with with, with the character of Augie um, and the way things, uh, you know, kind of spin out in the books for, for him. Um, I, he is prominent. If uh, the plan right now is um, uh, I'm, uh, my agent has pitched uh, some some books to tour, mm-hmm. and I am waiting to hear back. And I'm I'm hopeful. I'm pretty optimistic that we'll be we'll be writing some more. Um, one of the uh, well, there's there's two books I'm looking to do that are centered around specific characters, which is basically it's a novel set around two of the characters uh, in Golgotha. Each of them gets their own novel. Oh wow! And uh, and then a third uh, kind of ensemble cast book, which we'll be picking up about a year or so after the events. Uh, my plan right now is, and, and eventually I may jump a little bit in time, but I, I like the idea of, of moving about a year, you know, a year ahead each time. But, um, and actually I, I have Golgotha stories I could spin out into the next, you know, it's, it takes place in the late 1800s. I could, I could spin stuff out into the, literally into, into modern times. I, Absolutely. Uh, I actually, actually thought of some, some pretty cool stuff to do with some of the characters. And, um, but yeah, so that's, that's my goal is I'm hoping in the next couple of years, you're going to see a third, uh, ensemble Golgotha book. Yeah. And hopefully you'll see a couple of books that are kind of one, one shots, uh, that, that give you more of a specific character, which is why I'm always interested in what, who's people, you know, people's favorite characters are, because uh, it's, it's nice to hear kind of what, you know, what, which characters sort of motivate people more. So. Well, when you're ready to get them out there, we would love to do a McGraphic audio again. Um, Rod, I just wanted I would to say... I be honored. Absolutely honored. You guys, I, I'm, I'm so excited to hear this. I can't wait. And I'm, I'm, I, uh, I hope, uh, you know, I, I have no doubt that um, what you guys have, uh, have done with Six Cantero is going to be amazing. I was very excited to hear when you guys, I kinda, that you guys were the ones doing, uh, doing the, the novels, doing the, the adaptation. The audio book, yeah. Well, I just want to tell our listeners, the book will be on sale when this is up. Um, and uh, please, I mean, this is, you know, this is when we talk about bang for your buck. This is going to be one of those books where uh, you get every every dollar back on your investment. It's going to be over 10 hours. So this is one of those ones that if you've got a long car ride coming this summer, this is the kind of thing you can pop in there and you can just transport yourself to another world. Rod, I want to thank I'll, I'll you. Drive around, I'll, I'll drive around for 10 hours and just listen to it. It'll be awesome. <laughs> I can't wait. Well, by the, by the, by the time this, <laughs> by the time the podcast comes on, people will already be able to, to have it in their hot little hands. Um, so if you want to uh, you know, order the discs or uh, do an audio download, visit www.graphicaudio.net. And uh, thank you, Rod Belcher, for coming on to uh, our, uh, our little podcast here. Oh, Scott, thank you so much, and, and uh, appreciate your time, and uh, thanks for taking, you know, doing such a great job with the books. I'm really looking forward to it. Great. Thank you, Thank Rob. you. We would like to thank R.S. Belcher for taking the time to talk to us. The first book in the series, The Six-Gun Tarot, is now available. The second book, The Shotgun Arcana will be released in spring 2016. For more information on how to purchase our graphic audio titles, please call us at 1-800-670-5220 or visit us on the web at www.graphicaudio.net where you can purchase our titles in audio CD format or in one of our download formats. 
MP3, M4B, and flat. And you can listen to your downloads anytime, anywhere with our free Graphic Audio Access app, available for Apple and Android devices. Make sure you sign up for our e-newsletter, like us on Facebook, or follow us on Twitter. Mm-hmm.